Yesterday, Oklahoma executed a man named John Grant. It's widely being called a botched execution. In some ways, we call it that because we lack the right vocabulary or maybe even the willingness to call it what it really is. It's a lynching. They're all botched. But what happened yesterday was not only cruel and unusual, it was grotesque, it was despicable, it was barbaric, and it was illegal. Let me unpack and explain it. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. For the past six years in Oklahoma, executions have been banned because the previous three executions were all what we routinely call botched executions. In some ways, even as I as I prepared to record this episode, I am frustrated by the words that we use here. As you may know, the Supreme Court many moons ago ruled that executions cannot be cruel or unusual. <laughs> uh the government ruled that when they murder someone, that murder can't be cruel or unusual. Those words are difficult for me to understand. And they used that, that phraseology, cruel and unusual, to remove a couple of forms of the death penalty. Um, the electric chair, which can you imagine that in our lifetime, in my lifetime at least, people were executed in this country by being strapped to a chair and electrocuted to death, literally often catching their head on fire, frying their skin. I mean... That's the country we live in. And it was deemed that that was cruel and unusual. Then the gas chamber followed when people said, well, if we can't electrocute them, strap them in a chair with leather straps and execute them by electrocution, we will put them in a room, fill it with gas, and gas them to death. Literally called the gas chamber something that's out of Nazi Germany. I mean, just despicable. And that was deemed cruel and unusual. And for the past 20 years or so, the states that continue to execute people at a rapid pace have tried to find ways to execute them. Listen to me carefully that don't look horrible to the people who are watching. Now, those executions may feel horrible 
to the person who's being executed and put them through unthinkable, unimaginable pain. I am against the death penalty, even for Dylan Roof, even for my worst enemy, in great part. Not, I, let, let me be clear. I want Dylan Roof to die. I would like to kill Dylan Roof myself. That's my, my base barbaric instinct. The vengeance in me, the anger in me would want that. Less than I want to see Dylan Roof live, I am against the death penalty because it's not normally Dylan Roof who's executed. It is primarily disproportionately black men executed for killing somebody, anybody white, particularly white women. And as we know, and Google all of this for yourself, innocent men, innocent black men, over and over and over again, have been executed in this country. From the period of lynching, all the way until today. Innocent people, including our brother Nate Woods that we fought for, whose execution we tried to stop. He was an innocent man who killed nobody. That's fact. That's not an argument. That's not conjecture. Even the courts knew he didn't kill someone. He was only in the presence of someone else when they killed someone and had nothing to do with it. He was executed anyway. And what they did yesterday in Oklahoma, after six years of banning executions, because the previous three were so disgusting as people convulsed and writhed in pain, sometimes for 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes, while they tried to kill the people and they wouldn't die. The drugs... I want to say failed, when I say failed, failed to do what they intended them to do or believed they would do. And the three executions were so despicable that they've been stopped in the past six years in Oklahoma. Well, the governor of Oklahoma, who is despicable himself, the governor of Oklahoma, Governor Stitt, fought on behalf of Oklahoma to be able to begin those executions again, appealing it and appealing it and appealing it. And finally, just yesterday morning, the conservative Supreme Court said, yes, you can begin those executions, even though they had really done nothing to substantively change the cocktail of drugs that were clearly continuing to be cruel and unusual. And... There are two executions scheduled over the next few weeks. The first was yesterday. A man named John Grant, who was found guilty of stabbing a cafeteria worker while he was incarcerated. And for the past 20 years, has repeatedly, over and over again, tried to atone for that. Whatever the case, he was executed yesterday whatever you think about him, that's on you. That's not on me. Whatever you think about John Grant, yesterday his execution was disgusting. And I want to play an audio for you right now from 
an Associated Press reporter who was there and gave his witness testimony. Uh, The next voice that you're going to hear is going to be that of Associated Press reporter Sean Murphy, um, who was a hero of mine, a brave human being that volunteers to bear witness to something despicable. He was in the room yesterday when John Grant was brutally murdered, brutally executed. My God, it was ugly. And he describes what happened in the video that follows, the audio that follows. Listen closely. And looked to the side as the uh, drugs began to flow. He, the first uh, drug, the midazolam, he exhaled deeply. He uh, began convulsing about two dozen times, uh, full body convulsions, and then uh, began to vomit, uh, which covered his face and began to ran, run down uh, his neck and the side of his face. Uh, continued to breathe for several minutes before uh, two members of the medical team or the execution team uh, came in and uh, wiped wiped his face. At that point, he was uh, still breathing um, and had some involuntary convulsions, uh, vomited more, and then the uh, member of the execution team performed a um, consciousness check, and he was declared unconscious at uh, 4.15. Then the second round of drugs began to flow at about 4.16. And um, his breathing stopped about one minute later at about 4.17. And the um, Department of Corrections Director, Scott Crow, uh, declared the execution complete and the time of death at 4.21. And the um, curtains were lowered at that point and uh, the execution was was finished. Anyone else wants to add anything? If you guys have any questions. You said, you said he was convulsing. How many times again was he kind of bucking from? Yeah, it was seemed like a full body convulsion about two dozen times is what I counted. That happened right after the medazolam? Right. And vomiting right after the medazolam? Yeah, well, after he began convulsing, then he began vomiting. And all, all John, Sean, how long did all that last? That was, I mean, it seemed like a long time, but it was probably, um, I mean, he, he began convulsing shortly after the first drug started flowing. I mean, I could see the drug coming through the ID, then he began to convulse uh, pretty pretty hard, I would say, um, and then, then began vomiting about a minute later. The audio that you just heard was from The Witness. AP reporter Sean Murphy, who I messaged with last night. Sean Murphy described after John Grant was strapped down and forced a drug into his veins that he began full body convulsions. Again, this is Oklahoma said this would not happen. How is this not cruel and unusual? It's, it is almost like being electrocuted. He began dozens 
of full body convulsions after they put these drugs into his veins. Right there in front of all of the witnesses. Who, without fail, all said it was one of the worst things they had ever seen. After minutes of full body convulsions, John Grant began vomiting all over himself. Mind you, he's literally strapped down, could not wipe his face or do anything if he wanted to, began vomiting all over himself. It was such a gross and despicable scene that those leading the execution out of equal parts embarrassment and shame came in to wipe all of the vomit off of John Grant's face so that they could continue their execution. And yesterday, after all of that, Oklahoma said they executed John Grant without any complications, which is a lie. Excuse me, parents, families, school teachers. It's a fucking lie. If anything, it was horribly complicated. But them saying they executed John Grant without complication shows you the dishonesty at the center of all of this. This is America at its core. In fact, I feel in many ways like the execution of John Grant was about as American as anything you'll ever see. More American than a baseball game. More American than the World Series. More American than apple pie or McDonald's. No, what they did to John Grant, that was American. Now, just a few feet away from where they tortured and murdered John Grant sits our dear brother, Julius Jones. It's a form of torture that they have now moved Julius next to this area. Oh, it breaks my heart for Julius, for his family, for his friends, for those who are close to him and fighting for him. And now they're trying to do that to Julius a man that we truly believe is innocent, a man that we believe did not receive a fair trial, a man who was convicted for a crime that another man openly bragged to multiple people that he committed and told other people that Julius was not even there, a man that enough people believe is innocent that the conservative board of pardon and parole in Oklahoma said, no, 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 don't execute this man. We commute his sentence to life in prison only to have the governor ignore that. I've never seen that in my life. The board of pardon and parole that he appointed said stop this execution. In fact, take him off of death row. Give him life with the possibility of parole. We have no faith that this was, this was a fair and impartial trial. And they have questions about his guilt. The governor has so far ignored it and is proceeding. 
Lord have mercy. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Hi, this is Donnie Rose, Chief Content Editor here at the North Star. Encouraging you to check out thenorthstar.com every day for insightful, engaging commentary on the stories that impact our culture. The writers at the North Star make it our mission to advocate, mobilize, agitate, and disrupt in the name of creating liberation-centered content. We unapologetically center the narratives of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. We understand that you can get news from anywhere, so we are more interested in offering perspective that speaks to the experiences of our audience. We write freely and with freedom on our minds. We invite you to indulge in our daily editorials and engage in the dialogue that will change the world. It's the pathway to freedom.